0: Please listen carefully. And now, live from the attic that smells like a basement in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two guys high fiving with words Kevin and Mikey. everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the show, we continue Build the Crew, Pirate Edition.
1: Head of me hearties. <laughs>
0: Last time we picked our ships. We did. And this time we're picking the captain of the ship, who will then choose his crew. It's or all, her crew. Or her crew. Their crew. Their crew. Yes. It's all coming together. The, pe- the plan is falling into place. Um, build a pirates was suggested by our good fan and friend Ralph, mm-hmm. and so that's what we're doing. So if you guys want us to do a builda, you just we'll, we'll put all our info at the end, and you can send us a message and say you should do build a this. Yeah, yeah. And if it, you know, the more it makes us go hmm,
1: the the more likely it is to happen.
0: And if you like our buildas, we've done a posse of uh, cow pokes before. (laughs) We've done a crew of post-apocalyptic bunker dwellers. Space-ranging sci-fi ship crew. Yes, and even a sitcom family. We did a sitcom family. Yeah, the silliest one, which was super fun. That's it. Um, But yes, so,
1: Build the Crew
0: Pirate
1: Edition. Yes, a wonderful brain puzzle where we pick the the things, the, the examples we love from pulp culture, history, real life. Um, and slot them into our mm-hmm. our top picks, our fantasy drafts, right. if you will, oh, for, yes. for
0: these positions. And currently, it's it's the quarterback of the crew. It's the captain. Mm. Yes. Uh, so we have our ships. Uh, Mikey chose the black purple from the Pirates of the Caribbean series. And I did. And I chose the real, very real USS Constitution. Old Ironsides. And old Ironsides. Yep. It's not a lawyer in a wheelchair. Is that Michael Ironsides? I think that's... Isn't that? Isn't It wasn't Ironsides, a TV yeah, yeah. show? Played by Idris Elba or somebody like that? Well, actually, I think it was originally like... Um, or was it way older than that? Yeah, it's a, oh, okay. it was like a TV show, I ah. think, called Ironsides.
1: I think... I think I know about it because they remade it with Idris Elba yeah. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> something to go rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sure, we have our home base, and now we need someone to pick it. But, of course, we usually start off down at the bottom. We start with our our honorable
0: mentions, our third picks. Mm -hmm. Often the silly pick, the one we want to talk about that we just had to throw out.
1: (laughs) Sometimes just the default, you know, get it out of the way, even though, like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I love that, but it didn't end up being my first Mm -hmm. pick. Yeah. Like that. Usually first thought, best thought, in case that the best thought, it isn't the best thought. Yes. You can slot them right in third and be happy about Mm -hmm. it. Which is what I did here. I was real, I was contemplating real hard i was like captain crunch should should get a mention deserves a mention i've consumed enough captain crunch in my life that i'm pretty sure i owe that man a debt i don't know if it's a seafaring debt
0: i'm gonna tear up your roof of your mouth i am i am oh
1: he did but I don't know. You never know. One day he's going to come busting in the wall like the Kool-Aid man and be like, you have to serve on me ship. I'm like, okay. Of course, you I don't p- think he'd talk like that. I think he'd talk like, Oh, well, yeah. He's he a
0: serial mascot. This was weird how he talked. He didn't talk like any kind of sea captain you'd ever want.
1: He sailed on the silly
0: seas. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: The serial seas. Yeah. Um, but no, so... Captain Crunch almost made third pick, but he did not because he was bested out by a real person playing a, a fake character.
0: Now, before you tell me, yes. can I just tell you one little Captain Crunch funny thing? Absolutely. This is a a, a weird Kevin doesn't know things. Love it. From a, being a kid. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> so I, I, I'm allergic to, slightly allergic to strawberries. Yes. Didn't know I was allergic to strawberries because what strawberries do to me is, is they make the roof of my mouth all scratchy and it feels exactly like eating Captain Crunch.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So I literally thought the little seeds that were on strawberries were just pulling a Captain Crunch on. We're you. scraping the roof of my mouth. Okay. I thought that's just what they did until like I, I was well into adulthood and I said, Man, I really like the taste of strawberries, but I hate how they like tear up the roof of your mouth like <laughs> Captain Crunch. And whoever I was talking to was like, Huh?
1: That's not a thing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I love that kind of moment where you say a thing out loud, and it's like, "Oh, wait, no, this isn't the world." Oh, Uh, yeah. But I'm glad you're only mildly allergic. Yeah, it (laughs) feels exactly
0: like eating too much Captain Crunch. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: Now I'm wondering if they made a a strawberry Captain Crunch variety. What would happen if you ate that? I don't know. Double scratchiness. Yeah. See, now you just make me want to put Captain Crunch for third, but uh, (laughs) it is not third. Uh, My third pick is Captain Hook. Oh, oh, well, there's so many versions of Captain Hook. That's it. It is Captain Hook from Peter Pan. It's not the real-life Captain Hook. Uh, it is the character Captain Hook, created by Disney, but played by Dustin Hoffman ah. in, in the 1991 cult classic, critically poo-pooed oh. movie, Hook. Yeah. He's the titular character Yes, in that one. That was critically poo-pooed. Pretty much. Oh. Uh, it got a lot of positive, like people were real nice to it, because it had a lot of big names in it at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had Robin Williams, uh, right. Julia Roberts, Dustin Hoffman. Right. And so and you had uh, John Williams doing the score. Yeah, I remember it being a big deal. Spielberg was directing it. So yeah. everybody's like, hey, it's good to see all these people. They made a movie. Yeah. And then that's all they had to say about yeah. it. Yeah. So uh,
0: it, it made its money,
1: but it, it is more beloved, I think, than... Uh, critically acclaimed
0: it kind of uh fell into like kid movie dumb
1: oh very much so yes. yeah and 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 it's the weird 90s vibe of like it it has a wheelie wonka aspect to yeah. it in that it's very fantastical in neverland
0: yeah what and whether intentional or unintentional i think that was often thrown into vcrs slash dvd players because i think it crossed over that era
1: yeah it's peter mm-hmm. pan it's like yeah. how cu- how could it be that bad and yeah. you're like oh wait
0: yeah
1: uh fun tidbit about it that like people know that glenn close was in there as like playing a dude pirate in the background that, that's the trivia oh, most people wow. know uh but jimmy buffett's in there too so oh okay that, that's another extra little like there's there's a couple classic rock dudes mm-hmm. i think uh david crosby's in there oh but apparently they like they were hanging out in Spielberg's real life. And he's like, hey, I'm making a pirate movie. You want to come be extras? Hmm. And so all these old rock dudes are like, okay. I already well, got the beard and mustache.
0: Wasn't the premise that like Peter Pan went home and... Grew up. And grew up. And in, forgot about Neverland. Yeah. And, and Hook took over in his absence. That's it. Yeah, okay. I just want to make sure... I'm thinking of the right movie. That's it. It's just
1: it's it's a retelling. It's the '90s rehash. It's like we're going to tell you the real story of Peter (laughs) Pan. You know, whatever. Um, That's I I don't know when that I don't know that the '90s started that trend, but they definitely elevated it, brought it back, and is part of the reason we still have that stuff today. Mm -hmm. It's like we're going to tell you the real story about Peter Pan. It's like okay, cool.
0: (laughs) It turns out it's because Peter Pan like you've never seen him before.
1: Uh, but it is all the trappings of Captain Hook. And I picked Dustin Hoffman because it he's ridiculous in this role. Mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman has no piratey qualities <laughs> right. to him, the actual person. Yeah, no, you're right. But you put him in that fancy hair, you put him in that great outfit, mm-hmm. you put a hook on his hand, and he can be menacing. Mm-hmm. And it goes to show like that was part of why the pirate captain worked. It's all about the presentation. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about Blackbeard. He would put matches in his beard, yeah, you know, yeah. and look like he was on fire. Mm-hmm. That's Dustin Hoffman playing that up, and that's kind of why I love it. Um, when I see Captain Hook, that's the visual I get in my head, is that weird makeup mm-hmm. over the, the Disney animated cartoon one. Right, but, right, right. Uh, Captain Hook is great, though. He has a hook hand that's instant menacing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's plagued, always hunting after, depending on the story. Uh, he has a nemesis. He has a giant crocodile yeah. that is is star-crossed uh, journeymen, almost. Their their fates are intertwined always. And that constant struggle is great. Um, and then, I don't know, it makes him extra creepy that Captain Hook just spends all of his time trying to take over Fantasyland and stopping kids having fun. Like, wow, you're really bad if that's how you choose to spend your free time. It's like, no, don't say the word love. Love is bad. It's like, ooh, okay, evil dude. But, again, not really a pirate. He, he is a, a fancy pirate. He is a menacing pirate. But mm-hmm. I don't think he could actually win a naval battle. He seems yeah. rather incompetent in most Disney forms. He gets
0: beaten by children. All, all the time. Yeah. You know. Someone so. Doesn't show competence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but they're having too much fun and they're using the, the L word. <laughs> I hate the L word. That, that is a Dustin Hoffman bit. I don't think that comes up in any other hook myth- mythos. Other than the Hook movie mm-hmm. is him getting really agitated by people saying
0: love. Yeah. Love.
1: He's like, ooh. Mm. <laughs> what a weird weakness to have <laughs> as a bad guy.
0: Who hurt you, Captain Hook?
1: Exactly. Other than the crocodile. We yeah. kind of see that one. Well, oh yeah, that's
0: true. Yeah. <laughs> crocodile trauma
1: yeah yeah but peter pan and hook i'm i'm one of those that consider that movie a cult classic it is a great time yeah i forget that it's two and a half hours every time that i start it Oh, really
0: yeah so that is a
1: consideration on the rewatch factor. two
0: and a half hours in the 90s i know and for that style and
1: for the weird kids movie that it is
0: oh okay now you've solved why it became a kids movie yes it's going to get your Kid to well, sit in front of the television for two and a half hours. That is a big chunk. I can see why '90s parents were like, "Here, watch this movie." It all makes sense. Don't man. come talk to me <laughs> until it's over. It's like we got two and a half hours.
1: You have to stay here and clap for Tinkerbell yeah. to come back to life. That's how this works. If you leave, she doesn't make it.
0: <laughs> oh wow! Look, I had not thought of that movie in a while. It's a weird one. It is weird, but I remember not not liking it. Did I do that right? Double negative, yep. Yes. Okay. Roof P-O. Roof <laughs> P-O. Okay, my first uh, pick is, is I like I liked it when you do the silly pick. So I kind of did a silly pick. Love it. And it's 100% based on his name. And I will tell you the story how, why I even know about this. I love it. I mean, I guess it is kind of nerdy because I learned about it from PBS. And PBS is a nerdy channel to watch. The public Uh, broadcasting system? Uh, Service? Yeah. Service or system?
1: Public broadcasting service. Okay.
0: Anyway, (laughs) and I don't remember when I came across this. I've been watching PBS stuff since childhood, so I have no idea. Yeah. But there's a British TV series that's based on a book series (laughs) that also had a movie. It's apparently very popular in Britain, but not here uh, because I never heard of it, but... There's this character called Captain Horatio Hornblower. Oh, what a name. Yes. And that's what made me go like, Horatio
1: Hornblower? I'm glad it's that because for a second I thought you were going to pick Captain Doctor Who from all the the British setup. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, Horatio Hornblower. That is, it's a neat name, but not a very common one. It's, it, and he is. Such a British hero. When looking into it further, like I watched an episode or two, and it's set in the Napoleonic Wars, Age of Sail. Okay. When France under Napoleon and England were fighting each other and sea battles and all that stuff gotcha. makes you as a history nerd and just a general nerd makes you stop down and be like Ooh, what's happening with these ships and stuff but this the show was like a drama during that time yeah yeah yeah. Okay, it's about this horatio hornblower guy i watched an episode or two and then never really thought much about it until we were doing this yeah <laughs> i love it um but it always stuck in my head like horatio is a name that i've used for like stuff since like if if you're, you need a name for uh, an order, mm-hmm. I'll say Horatio, because <laughs> it's a funny name to me. I, I, I only know like two Horatios. Yeah.
1: Horatio Sands.
0: Yeah. And then like Horatio Shakespeare. Yeah. From Shakespeare. Yeah. 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 So it's a fictional officer of the British Royal Navy during the Napoleonic Wars. He's the protagonist of a series of 17 novels Damn. written by C.S. Forrester, a British author, the first one came out in 1937. Uh, the last one came out in the 60s. So okay. So it's old. Yeah. There was a movie with Gregory Peck playing him. <laughs> and it goes through his whole career, starting off as just like a midshipman, which is like the junior officer, the beginning officer, yep. all the way up until eventually he becomes like Admiral Horatio Hornblower. It's a classic. It's A-H-H to you, yeah, man. It's the classic arc. But he's such a British hero. <laughs> and the reason why he's such a British hero, is first of all, his name is crazy. It's in like the Benedict Cumberbatch world of Brit names.
1: Now you're just making you know? names up. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch isn't a real... <laughs> oh, wait, no, I'm sorry.
0: Uh, the author did get Horatio from Shakespeare. So again, very British. Apparently Hornblower, he got from a friend of his named Arthur Hornblow, who was a friend of his and some a Hollywood producer. Okay. Arthur Hornblow. So he put Horatio and Hornblow together and made Hornblower. Makes sense. It, it sure. Got a nice alliteration to it. Um, but the but the thing is is that <laughs> he's described his characters described as intensely reserved, introspective, and is often seen as unhappy and lonely. I mean, how British can you get? Like the hero, yes. their hero. They're brave. He's known for being, like, brave and daring do, but but he is reserved. Yes. Yeah, stiff, stiff, yep. stiff upper lip. Stiff upper lip, yeah. yeah. very is so British, you know. <laughs> he has an extreme sense of duty and hard work, and they drive him to succeed. But at the same time, he doesn't think he's worthy of all the praise. Of course. Of course not. I've given uh, myself to king and country, yes. but what for me? I am only doing my duty. You know, it's like such a British hero. I can see why he became insanely popular in Britain yeah. and why we don't know about him, because that's probably why I didn't watch more of the series, because it's like, oh, man, this guy is just dull. You know, you we like the Errol Flynns. We oh, like the, you a... know, aha, dashing, you? The dashing, daring yes. dude. Um, but he's just like, Fool for king and country. Yeah.
1: You know, persevering the day through sternness and stubbornness. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I get it. It, it, Does it say in there? Because for some reason I have the mental image, having heard the name Horatio Hornblower before. Did he have a monocle? Is there any sort of monocle
0: involved? Okay. Maybe when he gets older. Big mustache. I don't know why that's in there, but that's in my brain. But yeah, it's such a silly name.
1: It's neat that it was after the, the writer's friend, though. Yeah. I was hoping he would come from a long line of horn blowers like they were the, you know, like announcing the ships returning to port kind of.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. That's what it seems like a fame, like oh. how he would get started as a horn blower. I know, but no, it's just a goofy Brit name or made up Brit name. But it's I mean, it's insane how popular it is. I mean, like I said, 17 novels, uh, the Television show on uh, PBS, I'm sure it was on BBC. There was a radio play because this the, the came out in the 30s. That makes sense. So there was a whole radio play, mm-hmm. "Adventures of Horatio Hornblower," and like I said, there's a movie with Gregory Peck playing Horatio Hornblower. Well,
1: it, it makes sense. And it, spoiler alert, because this will come out This won't be the first time I mention this, but uh, America did have the. Uh, we did have the Patrick O'Brien series of ship novels about Captain Jack Aubrey. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, a little bit more er- American and charismatic, but he, I could see, like, somebody r- making the argument between, like, a uh, the hero role between Jack Aubrey and a Horatio Hornblower. Right,
0: and for people who are into that... Version of historical fiction, yes. The Tall Sail, mm-hmm. the Horatio Hornblower is like one. It's, it's got to be in your bookshelf. Gotcha. It's that series and the, the one you spoke of. Mm-hmm. And, you know the Master that's and m- Commander stuff. Exactly. You know that's all. It's all part of it. You can't call yourself a <laughs> Age of Sail like <laughs> <laughs> fiction lover if you don't know Horatio Hornblower. <laughs> can't call yourself a pirate head. No wait, no, I think that's Jimmy Buffett's fans. Oh. <laughs> Keep mentioning him too much. Anyway, we're going to summon him. It was fun to talk about and look into that guy. Because I was like, hmm, who's who are captains that I know? And it popped in my head for some reason. I,
1: we're I a big what? fan of names on this one. And yeah. that one's an all-timer.
0: <laughs> I can't tell you how many um like video game and tabletop characters have had been named Horatio. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you've noticed that that's often either when I'm ordering like Jimmy John's in our group order... <laughs> I either put Horatio yep, I or I put that. Nunzio. One
1: of the two. Horatio's good because it's it's European without being like locale specific. Yeah, yeah. Could be Spanish. Could be Greek. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Uh but speaking of Gregory Peck, I didn't think I would get would get to make that segue, but uh Gregory Peck uh, was also was portrayed the character I'm picking for my second captain. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of that movie. That'd be hilarious. But my pick for second captain only got beat out by a little bit of sheer awesomeness, because this was, this was heavy in consideration. Uh, it is very stereotypical. It is very tropey. It's not very piratey, so I have to make that argument. But mm. my second pick is Captain Ahab oh. of the Pequod, oh. who is sailing in search of a giant white whale known as Booby Dick. Dick. Yes. It's a classic, a literature Ooh. classic. Uh, It's been movie, movie movie-fied a couple of times, once by Gregory Peck. Uh, Nobody, according to (laughs) Melville scholars, which is funny because like this book is so huge and such a literary force that it has its own like school of study. Mm -hmm. Um, But according to most of them, all the, it's one of those things like they've never translated it right. All the nerds that have studied Moby Dick are like, they've never done the movie right. Oh yeah. All the shows suck.
0: Yeah. And this just in from Scott. Uh, uh-uh. I was right. There, he did play Horatio Hornblower in Technicolor. Even.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Gregory Peck. He yeah. he has that. He has a commander presence. Yes, I could see him more as the stiff upper lip Horatio than the Ahab. Yes,
0: but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever read *Moby Dick*? Oh yeah, yeah. Of course. It's kind of uh, the area I grew up in, New England is is whaling country yeah yeah Uh, well historically (laughs) yeah not anymore (laughs) um and uh like i've mentioned many times and i'm sure it happens in other places if you're gonna go on field trips they're gonna try and find something historically educational in the area there you go so we would get salem for the witchy stuff (laughs) (laughs) and go to the constitution and and one of the things that you would go to was there's a whaling museum mm-hmm. there, whole lot of scrimshaw, absolutely. Um, but also with that, a lot of teachers like to be like, "You're going to read Moby Dick." So I think I read it twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably actually just once and then tried to remember, where <laughs> I got the Cliff's Notes. I get it. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I have read Moby Dick.
1: Yeah, because that was the usual the. Uh, encountering of that book was required school reading yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was usually the biggest out of the stack and people yeah, were like, oh yeah. no. And then you start reading it and you realize it's actually about whaling and you're like, oh my God, this is the most boring thing ever. Yeah, uh, I had to read it, as like we read it as a class, I think for the same reason you did. Uh, so I had the like for school reading um, but then I did have a period where I was like, as a, trying to be a cool mature young adult i was like let me reassess some of the classics and see if i can be a better person for Mm -hmm. them. and so that's when i actually got into moby dick when when there was no outside to it um but it's intense and the main reason it's intense is because ahab is for being a stereotype and a trope that is the foundation for so many other tropes yeah yeah, yeah. he is he's He's a bad guy. That's why I say mm-hmm. he could be a pirate captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because as a character, uh, he has similarities to Oedipus, Satan, uh, yeah. Prometheus, mm-hmm. and all of these like tragic heroes mm-hmm. that are just ultimately flawed, almost cursed. Yeah. Because that's the, the Ahab trope is that he's after Moby Dick no matter what. Yeah. Moby Dick took his leg mm-hmm. on their previous voyage, and now Captain Ahab has a peg leg. Awesome makes him a pirate captain, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he has a peg leg made out of whalebone, just yeah. to say, "Hey, big whale, I'm coming for you." <laughs> and they got a little PC <laughs> already. We both got a piece of each other. This is how, this is going down. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's the trope in that he, he does it to his demise. Yeah. Uh, funny for this podcast, uh, Captain Ahab is pretty much the ultimate fanatic. Oh yeah. He That's is the sure. origin of that sort of thing. He is fanatical about his pursuit of this whale mm-hmm. to the detriment of his life. Um and but he also has a really cool scar that goes from like his forehead down to his neck. You know, he he's kind of Horatio Hornblower in that he has a really long stern face that mm-hmm. isn't really expressive unless he's cursing God, the whale, the sea or just life in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a, he's an, he's an angry dude but I like the he he lets nothing stand in his way. He is the captain. That's like this is we are on a quest, divine or not, mm-hmm. and I will
0: pursue it to all ends. And for a ship captain, that's like okay, I guess we're gonna get there. Yeah, and he's the he's a trick question too. That is true. It's like who who's the captain of the ship in Moby Dick? And people go Ishmael. Incorrect. It's a, no, it's a, correct. Yeah, Ishmael is the essentially the documentarian. Yes, yeah, he's the guy Dick. telling the story. That's it. Isn't there, like, there's, like, a cool Native American in there, too, isn't there? Uh Flora? Flora? Yeah. I forget how to say his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There's there's crazy, like, um floating around on pieces of things, and I just, yeah, I have, like, just shots in my head that my own imagination made. Yeah. Because I can't even think of seeing a movie of it. Mm-mm.
1: And to be fair, like, for such an epic story as it is in novel form... Like there are just the amount of detail is almost mind-numbing because of what goes into it. Yeah, that it is like you'd have to give it the three movie Hobbit trilogy kind of thing. Yeah, you know, to get the full scope of it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the author was a whaler, that's why it's so accurate. And something that helped me when I went back on my reread—that's sort of a positron thing—to look at it. If you want to attempt a Moby Dick, I—I I wouldn't say it's required reading for a human being, but it's worth a read if you so choose. And part of it is you're supposed to realize that they say this about the Canterbury Tales, too. And I guess this is nerdy, but um, it's there's there's a Douglas Adams element to those old works that people forget about because they think it's old literature. So, like, everything is spoken and to be taken as matter of fact, almost, Mm -hmm. because it's almost like these are old, simple people. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the things that are written are true and just... There's no, like, sub-level to them. Mm-hmm. With Moby Dick, for all the descriptions about whaling and all these characters, it is the author sort of talking crap about these people. Like, he is implicitly telling you that he understands their way of life by the details that he's providing, yeah. but he's pointing out these weird flaws and grotesqueness that these people have, mm-hmm. which is similar in Canterbury Tales. And he's like, oh, it's just boring stories about farmers and millers. It's like, no, it's actually, like... It's like Jimmy Carr like writing a book about yeah. whalers more so than it is somebody being the archival historian, you know. Right right
0: right right. It's supposed to be entertaining.
1: Yeah. And so yeah. that helped me with my reread. It's yeah. still, it's still an an obstacle, but
0: yeah. I, I can't you're right. I can see how people would say no one's ever done it right because I can't even think of anyone doing it. I'm sure there's movies out there but it would take a lot you have they could do it now with CGI and being able to do water and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got guys going on like little boats. Like they went off the ship on tiny on those smaller boats. Yes, with those handheld harpoons. That's it. And like rowed out to like stab the. They weren't using cannons like the modern whalers do. And it and was the, insane.
1: And you you remind me another point that I wanted to bring up in Ahab's favor is that he's fifty eight when Moby Dick starts. Yeah, which sure that's an it, that's an old guy number, right? But you got to think on a whaling ship in sort of olden piratey times. That's like ancient. Oh yeah. And to survive in that profession, yeah, that means a hardness and a, a skillfulness that you're really good or really hard, like yeah. hard at life. Yeah. That you persisted for fifty eight years going on small boats with harpoons and taking right. on sea and beast. Right. <laughs> Intense. But. Yeah. He's a little too evil. He is like, I mean, obviously he goes after a whale at all costs. So yeah. can't be on my team. I want him to, you know, be part of the team. <laughs> but he was in serious consideration because I have a very nerdy appreciation for Moby Dick.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, it's a, it's a classic. It's a, uh, I almost think the stuff around it is, is just as fun. Like how he's in the, inspired by a real story about a real whale attacking. Those whales would attack ships. They're not dumb. We're learning more and more that those are very intelligent creatures. And okay. they're like, those ships try and kill us, so let's get that. Let's get them. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you made me think of two
1: points. Uh, one, also Ahab was the inspiration for Captain Hook. So anytime you see Captain Hook and Peter Pan, that's because they're basing it off of Ahab. Oh. So that'll give you some more personification of him. Um, but also, they've made so many things that are sort of like, let's take Moby Dick and make it sci-fi or let's yeah, yeah, take yeah. Moby Dick and make it Ancient Greece. Yeah. That I think if you went and did Moby Dick now, like straight from the source material, mm-hmm. most people would be so unfamiliar with the original idea of it. Yeah. That they'd be like, what? Where did this come from? Like Last yeah. of Us style. I'd be like, it's been here the whole time. Well, maybe it's possible. I'll start. I'll start breaking down the screenplay. Yeah. I'll start storyboarding it. Okay. First, I got to learn how to draw whales.
0: <laughs> Just get those. Uh, do they still make those off-brand um, little goldfish crackers? Oh yeah. The whales. There you go. <laughs> Just get some of those. I like it. Glue them into the paper. <laughs> <laughs> Your storyboard might be a little cheesy. Oh! Hey-o. <laughs> hey! Buy me a, a
1: coffee.com slash assuming.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. My uh, my second pick is actually a real-life pirate. Yeah, E-R. And is considered probably the most successful pirate ever, is one of the most famous pirates ever, and is arguably either a horrible dude or a national hero. I don't know. (laughs) Um, The good thing uh, for these guys, I guess, about being around in the early 1600s is that People would write stuff about you and be like, well, maybe that's true. (laughs) I've Uh, heard tale that it's uh, true. But he had a whole book written about him, and he actually sued the author for libel. Ooh. And and won. Um, I like it. But that just might be because he was a well-connected, wealthy guy. So
1: Remember, kids, the nerdy tip
0: is libels in writing, slanders in speech. Yes. So um, I'm talking about the one and only Captain Morgan. The real Captain Morgan.
1: Why is my leg going up right yes. now? Hold on.
0: Sir Henry Morgan, you might know him from rum. Actually, it's the most popular spiced rum in the entire world. That I believe. But what's what's even funnier is that he looked nothing like that drawing. Not even a little bit? No. Well, okay. Because there's only one actual known from life painting of him. Mm-hmm. And it was done after he was knighted by the king of england cuz awesome. he's actually sir henry morgan that's awesome so that's the only known cuz i guess when you got knighted you got a painting done of you it may not have this but does that painting still exist it does still exist you can <laughs> see it and he looks like a handsome little dandy cuz he was like in his 20s and he has that kind of that era of the the wig or i don't know if it was the wig or their hair that you know like the judge's wig kind of It's curler. like the judge's wig, the curly, yeah, but, yeah. but they were black then. They weren't white gotcha. at that time. But like the um, rows of like yes. rolled up hair. Yeah, the okay. of rolled up hair. If you saw it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I've seen that before in history stuff. You'd tip your hat and go, magistrate? Yes. Uh, so he was just like a baby-faced uh, guy who did insane things. Okay. So the real Henry Morgan, he's from Wales, and he was a privateer. And as we've talked before, a privateer is a pirate who's officially sanctioned by a government. Um, they are given a letter of mark that says, you work for us, and then you go pirating. And then one thing I found out is the governor that gives you the letter of mark gets a percentage of all of your takings. That that would seem part of the deal. Yeah, so that's part of the deal. His early life is not really known. He just kind of shows up all of a sudden, but he was a seafarer. Obviously, he knew what he was doing on a ship. But he shows up as a privateer. Um, he's friends with the governor of Jamaica and uh, Sir Thomas Mottiford. And they he raised a crew, and England and Spain were at war in the 1660s. And he gave Morgan a letter of Mark, and Morgan went on to do a whole bunch of lucrative raids. His deal that was a little different is that he was he was part of the Buccaneers, These the guys known as the Buccaneers, okay. the real Buccaneers, <laughs> um, who were called that because that was a grill that they used to... It's, this is the craziest thing. I love it. So there's these wooden grills. That the French called like boucan like barbecue. Basically. Gotcha. And the French would trade with these guys because they would like grill like fish and meat that they caught. And they would like they were they were like on the beach and they would like stop and be like, Hey, we'll trade you meat for thing. And they're like, Oh, those guys who, you know the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers, they sell the meat. And somehow these guys were also pirates. <laughs> Weird. Um but but that's where they come from. Um, but he was an actual like one of these groups. They, okay, these are the guys who ended up like making kind of a society that has all the you know the rules and the. Uh, so when they talk, like when the
1: pirate legends talk about, like when they all convene in those, like yes, the,
0: the group of islands. That's the, the pirate bu- cove. Yeah, that's the Buccaneers. Okay, uh, the guys convening, they have like councils. They're almost democratic. They vote their captains up. Divvy up shares in some cases. Exactly, yeah. they have shared. Yeah, that's he was one of these guys. They actually nice. had like a group, and they did minutes and stuff. So British and nerdy, but anyway, the this guy's main thing, the reason why he got so successful and so rich, is because he decided, you know, ships are really good, but you know where there's a lot of money, towns. <laughs> so this guy it was not only like a great ship captain mm-hmm. but he was like a battlefield general nice he would get all his guys off boats and he would go raid spanish towns <laughs> and he made so much money doing it But smart he successfully raided porto prince in cuba Puerto Bello in panama uh, marcoba and gibraltar both on a lake in venezuela and Panama City. Oh wow! Which at the time was on the Pacific Coast, and they had to march all the way across Panama to get there. Didn't have a canal to take the shortcut. No, nope, but he did, and he he was just defeating the regular Spanish army with a bunch of ragtag like barbecue masters. <laughs> well, Amazingly. to be it, to be fair, they probably knew how to skewer really well. So. <laughs> yeah, right. not totally right. uncontendable force. Uh, but he was basically. A, from all accounts, a brilliant tactician. Gotcha. Is, is how he got away with it. Um, he thought of, he was doing a lot of, um, we'd call them guerrilla tactics nowadays. Yeah, yeah. The stuff that thro- always threw these, w- let's line up and shoot armies yeah. for a loop.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah because especially as a privateer and sort of the mercenary right. rather than the enlisted man he don't have to follow the the playbook mm-hmm. you know you can march across the jungle
0: and surprise them from behind right and that's what he did too one of my favorite i'm going to tell you about one one of my favorite of his this just shows how brilliant he was please so when he's in venezuela lake maracabo he's actually on a, who wants who expects pirates on a lake um, but the lake does hit into the Caribbean. And, um, okay. But they didn't get there directly through the little inlet because there was a, the Spanish smartly put a big fort there. Gotcha. So they like k- kind of came around you know, from the land and then like took over one the town, took the ships that were there, and then went down to the next town on the lake. Wow. And th- that town was totally taken by surprise because they were like, why are there pirates <laughs> on our lake? How did they get through the fort? <laughs> They didn't get through that fort. They came from that other town up there. They came in the the other door, right? And they got all this treasure from these two towns. They just they beat them, they sacked them, and they spent like weeks there just hanging out and being pirates. And this is where a lot of his stories of like bad things that he did, you know, torture and pillage, plunder, all the bad things that that's what he sued. He's like, I never did any of that stuff. I was working. For, and I'm like, you probably did that stuff. Just because you have a letter doesn't mean yeah. it's all good. <laughs> yeah. yep. We were at war. and But anyway, he did this. They they still had to get past this fort. Okay. And they didn't have, their the, the ships didn't have, a, they were going to get destroyed because they'd have to go down like a little like river type thing. And the fort had it covered with all these cannons. Mm-hmm. And not only that. But a Spanish armada had come and they were like outside just waiting for them. Okay. So he was like, Oh, what the heck am I going to do over here? So he kind of sailed up and he's like, Hey, let's parlay, let's negotiate over here. And while they were doing that, he took one of the ships that he had captured Mm -hmm. and he had his guys like make these, like, take all the cannons out. And put like logs in where the cannons were. Gotcha. And make like dummy guys and put little hats on them and bandoliers on them and stuff. Full on decoy. And then full and filled the ship with gunpowder to make a fire ship. Nice. And then he <laughs> then he con- convinced that while he was there at the fort, he realized that they had Put their guns facing towards the land because they're expecting a land attack because that's what he'd been doing. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "Oh, if they expect a land attack, I'll give them a land attack." So he did two things: he had his guys fake a land attack. <laughs> he had a whole bunch of guys like take some canoes and go around, so like, "Oh, the land attack is coming!" And then he started pushing his ships through so the fort wasn't looking. Gotcha. Like, and they did a thing where like they did they waited for the tide to go out. They didn't put their sails up, so they just kind of floated <laughs> away while they were looking the other direction. Awesome. And by the time they looked back, they were out of cannon range. Of and then the fleet's out there, so that's a problem, right? Well, it wasn't a problem because they had that fire ship go directly at the flagship. Yeah, like be the lead ship. Right. Yep. And they're they're like, oh, here they come. They're trying to board us. And then next thing they know, you know, kaboom, boom, boom. <laughs> You know, there's like a, they, by the time they saw that the guys were made out of logs and like and like palm tree branches and stuff. You know, boom. that
1: gentleman's hair is not straw colored; it's straw. Yeah,
0: and then they raised the sails of the other ship, and were like, "See you later, everybody." Oh, that's the best. Close enough, you can
1: see them taunting you, yes, but you're too far away
0: to do so anything they total- about. It. He totally bamboozled his way out of there, made his way back to Jamaica, and was like just the hero there you of, go Love it all but then unfortunately I found out this was after he went he was a hero he went back he did the whole Panama thing mm-hmm. march across those the best thing ever they, you can where Panama I think there's you can still see the old Panama was burned anyway gotcha this was this is a funny part, too. Old Captain Morgan goes back and it's this classic thing that happens in history where they're like, yeah, we're not at war with them anymore. So you did a bad thing. You're under arrest. Gotcha. Took him back to England to go in the Tower of London. Mm-hmm. There, Everyone there was like, yeah, you're under arrest, but we still really don't like the Spanish. So it was pretty cool what you did. The king wants to see you. And the king's like, hey, how you doing? he's like, tell me all your stories. And he's like, oh, pirating our exploits. And the king's like, oh, this guy's awesome. (laughs) I love this guy. He's like, you know what? I'm going to make you a knight and I'm going to make you governor of Jamaica. Weird, but okay. (laughs) Exactly. So he sends him back to Jamaica because he was like, you know who the best person? Basically, his deal was, you know who the best person to deal with pirates is? A pirate. That's not exactly wrong. (laughs) So he sent him back to Jamaica, and this is why Jamaica and Port Royal, which you hear about in Pirates of the Caribbean, Mm -hmm. is known as a pirate haven because the governor of Jamaica was a pirate and knew most of the pirates and and would arrest just enough of them to, like, satiate king and country. Yeah, like I I am doing anti-piracy things. Yes. And I'm sure it was guys who like ticked them off, or I'm, um, you know, yeah. you get to serve six weeks because yeah, you yes. forgot to scrub the ship. Yes. Meanwhile, getting really rich, buying sugar plantations, and getting really famous in Jamaica. That's crazy. But the craziest thing is, and I don't know if you know about this this legend. It's not a legend; it's real. Mm-hmm. Jamaica had a big earthquake, and then a tsunami came. Yes. And it like washed away almost all of Port Royal, mm-hmm. And it was seen by people as like God's judgment on the modern day Sodom and Gomorrah. I see that. But the craziest thing is it happened after Captain Morgan was dead and his, where his grave was, mm-hmm. was taken by the sea. Ooh.
1: Yeah. That's a kind of legend I can get behind. Yes.
0: Uh, reclamation of our, our fiercest warrior. Yes.
1: That's awesome.
0: And then, you know, Seagram's or something came by one day and they're like, hey, let's make a new rum. I get it. <laughs> but that's so dumb because if there's like, there's so much context to that name and now most people would just go, Oh yeah, the guy putting his leg up on the barrel. No, but you know, and it, it's one of those things where I think maybe England is fine with it. Cause there's a lot of that kind of like Columbus stuff where it's like, Oh, he's a hero. He did all this. Yeah. Right. You know, he's a knight. It's sir. Henry Morgan. And then you start looking in, and you're like, is this book that the guy wrote? I know he got sued for libel because it makes you think, because it was a British court that that was in. Mm -hmm. And, well, he was a sir at that point. So, of course, they're going to be like, yeah, no, you can't say that stuff about him. It's all wrong. He didn't do any of those things. Yes. It makes him look bad. It makes us look bad. You are wrong. Yes. (laughs) And apparently, like, in the English versions of the book, Mm-hmm. It's like called like the life and times like of Camarson. I don't know. Um <laughs> But in the English version of the book, well, most of that stuff is taken out. The book was released in other languages and those weren't taken out. That's it. So that's why nowadays we know like the oh, because you read the English version of the book and he just sounds like So Captain Morgan. Yeah. You know, hero of England. But you translate the Spanish one and you're like, oh <laughs> Ugh. I mean, there is one story of him attacking a town Mm -hmm. and attacking a fort, and they would put like ladders up to climb up the walls of the fort. Gotcha. And he um, forced the local um, monks and nuns to carry the ladders to put them up Ah. against the fort. Yeah. And made them climb up first. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And then made sure that the ladders were supportive and they were the guinea pigs. Yes. I mean, it's
0: smart, but it's not good. And that, that's one of the things about liable. And I'm sitting there going like, ah, he was kind of a brilliant tactician with innovative ideas. And unfortunately, as horrible as that is, that's a pretty innovative idea. As, as tactics go, it's pretty solid. <laughs> <silly. laughs> yeah. Uh, so ultimately, that kind of like, you know. The gray area. Gray area. That's why he's number two. I mean, he was the most successful buccaneer. I mean, usually most of them were either killed in battle. Are captured and prosecuted, yeah, yeah, and this guy was like some a little a little faced charmer he made enough over the right friends along the way, yeah,
1: he got a whole island to be mayor governor of yeah, that's crazy, but a more important question how much- mon- how much does it cost a pirate to get his ears pierced, so huh? how much does it cost a pirate to get his ears pierced? a buccaneer hey yo yeah
0: <laughs> again, that's um buy me a coffee. <laughs> <.com/gb-pi>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Blame Captain Morgan
0: uh, It's a free podcast everybody It's free
1: But that was a great pick Make me wonder who your first pick is Because mm. Captain Morgan I said him, I, he came up in the, uh, He was actually You missed it in your uh, your research But he was also one of the owners Of the the Black Pearl At a, at a point in time Oh yeah
0: <laughs> In the Disney world yes. Yeah
1: according to some legend Yes The legend of uh, Johnny Depp
0: um, it just it's crazy to me that like he was taken by the sea. That's oh yeah, like, that sounds fake.
1: By a by a,
0: a a a natural event. Yes, but it's true because divers go down to like the the sunk Port Royal all the time. Mm-hmm. It's visited often. Right on. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's a Davy Jones type stuff.
1: Yeah. But now that means we are on to our actual Captain Picks. Oh,
0: who is going to Captain the Black Pearl for you, Mikey? That's it. It can't be Jack Sparrow because we have a rule. can only take one thing from one property at a time. That's it. Otherwise, you'll just end up making...
1: It'd be all Pirates of the Caribbean yes. people for me. Mm-hmm. Especially that guy with the wooden eye because he's great. Mm-hmm. And that monkey. All right. But no, I had, to, I had to do this justice because it's the, it's the head role. And actually, because of conversations with our inspiring fan, Ralph... Uh, I came up with a really good idea, and this is real life. It sounds like it's made up, but this is a real life woman oh, named Ching Shi.
0: Oh, and it's not Gina Davis?
1: (laughs) I wish. That would have been amazing. Cutthroat Island. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I didn't even put that in consideration. Now I have to redo everything. You didn't? Big box office flop. But a valid consideration for our project. Uh, Her real name is Zheng Yi Zhao. Oh, uh, she had like pirate names essentially But because it was with Chinese pirate fleets oh. She was known as Xi Jinggu.
0: You're going away from the Caribbean You're going to the east Shekyung.
1: And Ching Shi was her most formal of the nicknames Oh, eastern pirates Exactly uh, She was uh, been operating uh, She was alive from
0: 1775 to 1844 Oh wow, that's kind of in like known times mm-hmm. Known times Why do I say it like that? Because the others is just made up and it comes from books and weird texts that, are they real? I mean, when stuff is, it's it's kind of funny, though, to think about. Like, as there's certain dates, you're like, oh, that's when people were actually, like, trying to record accurate stories.
1: Yeah. And then you hear the weird trivia, like, Cleopatra lived closer to the moon landing than she did the pyramids.
0: But when I hear, like, 1500s, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if this is, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 1600s, you're like maybe 1700s, you're like, well, we got the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, and I can go see those, yeah, so yeah. I kind of believe stuff from there more, because you have the the documents and the yeah, evidence, the receipts. <laughs> we got the receipts. We <laughs> still got receipts from back then. Those are time the times you mentioned the times we got receipts. Uh, well, speaking of receipts, there are uh,
1: uh, Xi Jing definitely had some receipts. Oh. Uh, she sort of got the leg up into the pirate world because she married a pirate. Oh. She started off life as a prostitute. Oh. Um, but realized a lady of the evening. A lady of the evening, the oldest profession. Um, but using that business acumen, realized that she could do better with her life and so married a pirate captain. Mm. And essentially became his his first lady, his first mate, mm-hmm. through many successful uh, pirate excursions mm. until his death, which uh, which is when she took over and basically made it better. She oh. just kept it going. So yes, you could argue that you know she inherited a pirate fleet, well, yeah. uh but she took it over and made it more successful mm-hmm. and continued many more excursions to victory and success and booty. oh wow, uh she was only a pirate for about eight years yeah uh like twenty six to her being twenty six to uh, sometime in her thirties uh she was in charge of eight hundred ships. what and about the estimates are between six hundred and eight hundred ships what? That's and, an armada. And up to about 40,000 men, a crew of about 40,000 spread over all those ships. That's crazy. Out of those uh, estimated ships and 40,000 crewmen, she personally commanded 24 ships and 1,400 pirates. Wow. So not only is she a good captain, she can captain a large, large crew. Yeah. I'm only bringing her a handful of ragtag ragamuffins, uh-huh.
0: so it should be no problem. Yeah, I for uh, that's one thing that Captain Morgan did too. He had like tons of ships mm-hmm. and there, like there's other captains who are like part of his crew because, Oh, I forgot to tell you this one thing. Yes. He was having dinner with all of his captains once uh-huh. in the captain's quarters and the ship he was on blew up and he got blown out the back window and into the sea.
1: Hilarious. And that's how
0: he lived. But like almost everyone else on the ship died, but he lived because he went out the window. Yeah. He blew out the, one of those big old windows that they have in the back of those ships. It's, they say it's the percussive blast that gets you. Yeah. That's crazy. Anyway, you just just remind me of that because he was, because, you know, she must have had tons of loyal captains under her command. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That uh, that just makes me so curious about when that actual big captain's window was put in the back. Like,
0: (laughs) why was that implemented? Maybe it was because like, well, I survived (laughs) it
1: one time, make sure that's standard
0: now. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that, that amount of ships, I mean, that's a Navy. Yes. That's not, I mean, she had like administrative duties of like an admiral. Absolutely. Uh, She was the unofficial commander of what was called the Guangdong Pirate Confederation,
1: GPC. Uh, And her ships, her fleet, her navy, if you want to call it, entered into conflicts with several major powers, including the East India Company, uh, the Portuguese Empire, and the Great King Dynasty, the Great King Dynasty Navy.
0: Wow, the Portuguese Empire doesn't get talked about a lot. But they were like seafarers to the max. That's it. The Portuguese. That's it. Yeah. What's interesting, though, is that
1: so that that four hundred to six hundred ships, they were junks, and I read that in passing. Oh yeah, like, yeah. they're those with the trapezoidal sails,
0: yeah, all that stuff. Yeah.
1: So I just thought it was like a weird, like weird label in passing, like mm-hmm. Jalopy. Like she had four hundred, oh. like just ragtag pirate ships. Yeah, yeah. But junks, it's an actual thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a mainstay in Chinese waters for centuries. Uh, they could carry up to eight hundred tons of cargo, and have forty cannons. But being without a keel and with a retractable rudder, uh, they were also able to enter shallow waters and surprise a target vessel at anchor. Mm-hmm. So they were very sneaky. Yeah. Like, that, that just that just fits and makes sense. They could also carry small boats on them to do what you were saying, or like we were saying with the whaling ships as well. You get those small boat crews mm-hmm. that sort of like, it's like the enemy's multiplying and splitting yeah. off into into pieces just making it harder to beat uh but these ships were like notorious for that so they're they're quick they can carry a lot and they can split up a bunch mm-hmm. and so it's not just jalopies it's actually a type of ship yeah
0: i didn't look up why they got the name junks but <laughs> that's what they are f- called i think it's i think it's an anglicized version of what it's called in uh, okay. chinese that if makes i sense. recall so something like a junger yes yeah. it's, it's something that you know how British people were. There you go. Because <laughs> it was the British. Because they were in Hong Kong and they're like, oh, I so say, what is that ship called? Did he say junk? <laughs> <laughs> Compared to our ships, I'm sure it is. <laughs> ah,
1: that that absolutely, right. I, I believe that without having to
0: verify.
1: <laughs> uh, but Ching Shi also, the reason she was also a great captain is she had like rules and punishments. Ah. <sighs> And in the time that the, in the time period we're talking about, this is the time period of piracy, so these seem sort of normal now, mm. but here's some of the rules that she actually had imposed in her crew. Okay. A pirate may not go ashore without permission. Oh. A first punishment for breaking this rule was to have one ear slit. Oh. The second punishment was execution. Oh, okay. Captured goods that's are- a, That's a jump right there. That's a jump. <laughs> captured goods are to be registered before being shared out. Oh. An individual ship that captures a cargo may keep one-fifth. The rest is to be added to the general prize fund of the whole fleet. Oh, the prize fund. No abuse of women, captured or otherwise, is, no. is permitted without what? permission from the quartermaster. <laughs> <laughs> a pirate may buy a captured woman for his wife for $40 if she is not to be held for ransom. Oh, my gosh. So, oh. like... Wow. In a time when Uh, the contrary was absolutely the norm. uh, It was kind of interesting for her to stand up and be like, no abusive women, but they do make good housewives and extra help. So if you want (laughs) to buy one for your wife, you can, but you got to be nice to her. Still really messed up, but interesting in a piratey time. Oh my, the quartermaster. And and then her last rule was town folk must be paid for their provisions. Oh. Always pay the people that you're stealing from. Mm. So like, she is a pirate. She went. She was in numerous sea battles. Like, there are a number of deaths on her hands, but as far as piracy goes, she was very successful, mm-hmm. and I think part of that success is sort of having, like, an egalitarian sort of mm-hmm. overarching,
0: like, commander sort well, of yeah. role. I mean, you got that many people under your command. That's it. Yeah. How did she meet her end, Mikey?
1: This is interesting. You would uh-huh. think it would be an end, um, but she surrendered. Oh. She gave herself up. Um, so there is some context in that if you actually, like, she uh, she was well known enough that she's one of those people we talked about in, when it, it, we talked about this concept when we were talking about boats and that there are only certain things, like, if they're well known, they get documented because they're mm-hmm. well known. But, like, if they aren't well known, then you lose that documentation. Mm-hmm. She being as proliferative as she was, there's a lot of documentation about yeah. her. Um, so we get to know things like she had uh, arch nemesis. And people that were like always after her, just mm-hmm. because of constant battles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so she ended up taking on first mates and generals that were her lovers that she came across. She
0: did she have to check with the quartermaster first
1: uh, because she was the unofficial commander. No, like, okay, <laughs> she was. I, I would imagine she's she could be the uh, impromptu quartermaster. <laughs> um, but because of that, she it, it's it was essentially a relationship conflict that. Uh, reduced her fleet. Mm-hmm. So she took in her biggest enemy and fell in love with him to ma- like take out that that challenge, that conflict. She's like, you know, why beat him when you can join him. So mm. they sort of worked together. But uh there was another captain of a rival force, I believe it's the Red Sails. Um oh, Red Sails. Something something along those lines. Uh he was jealous of that love, wow. so he went after her love's army, which was basically her like, flagship, like, her fleet to say, like, this is the pride and joy of my entire fleet is my my lover's crew, you know? So that got taken out, and it was her strongest force. So being decimated, she went and surrendered and gave herself in on the condition that she get a pardon, which she was granted. Oh, She got to keep a whole bunch of their booty as long as some of the booty was given to the people given the pardon. Yeah, 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 So she essentially got the... That was classic. She got the Captain Morgan deal. Like, yes, she had bad past deeds, but because she was able to come with uh, help against anti-piracy and the people that took her out, she was able to say, hey, these are the guys you're after now. And she was able to make the deal that we have a whole bunch of money. We can give you some of it. That she got pardoned and lived out her life. I think she died at like 76, something like that. She lived to a ripe old age.
0: Where's our movie, Hollywood? I know. How This falls right into the stuff we always beat about. We always say, like, hey, yeah, be inclusive. That's fine. But go find the stories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Instead of taking a classic Western story and changing the colors in it, Mm -hmm. just to go tell me this story. You know, I want to know about this. Exactly. You want to tell lots of stories with Asians now? Come on, man. This one would be great. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, they even do
1: the. We talked about this with Boy and Heron, but uh, she also did the, the cultural thing of she married like her husband died, but she ended up marrying one of his relatives to sort mm. of keep things going, yeah, and help establish her, her piracy rule that way, too. So,
0: but I mean, there's like a love triangle in this and everything.
1: That's it, Zheng Yi Sao. So, she married the pirate Zheng Zi, Zheng Yi. So, I think that means essentially her name was referred to as wife of Zheng Zi. Oh, I see. So, Ching Shi is the nickname, her pirate name that she went by. Mm. And so either way, we'll get you that fascinating story. Wow. But uh, they tried to, you might recognize her because they tried to make reference to her in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, really? Do you remember the old cranky lady that had the geisha makeup when they were doing the Pieces of Nine meetup? They had that little pirate council. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is not the second one, so may not be immediately familiar. But they do that pirate council like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to decide what we're going to do about blah, blah, blah. And one of them is this very formal geisha looking like mm. wise old ancient asian lady mm. but that was a nod to ching shi okay. and,
0: and her well, success as as pirate queen someone should tell disney that geishas are japanese not chinese but yeah. whatever <laughs> 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 that is an interesting fun out of the blue pick yeah wow but I she won't. she's essentially undefeated except for when she surrendered I want to know. I want to know. I want to. I want to see the comic book and the book and the series. And exactly the series. That'd be a good series. Hmm. All right, my number one's going to make Scott mad, <laughs> but I don't care. I'll hold him back um, because when I think of Captain, I think of one person. I think we talked about him on the sci-fi one, but I was doing a thing there where I was making an all-female crew. It's true. So I think you might have been my number two. But when I think of a captain, I think of one man. And I know he's a spaceship captain, but I don't care. He couldn't captain anything. <laughs> I'm back picking Captain Malcolm Reynolds from Firefly Slash Serenity. Mal! Played by Nathan Fillion, because he's the best. He's just When I just think captain, who do I want captaining my ship? Yes. It's him. Now, I know that he's a... In the future, space captain, mm-hmm. but I don't think that matters. Okay, I think he can handle anything because he has the a number one thing that every captain needs. His main mission is to keep his crew alive and to keep the ship going. That's the main mission.
1: Okay, well then I, I'll put it to you this way: just, just a quick challenge because he's come up before, and, and we, we we are loving of Captain Mal. He's definitely a pirate too. Oh no, absolutely, yeah. space pirate. Yeah. But, yeah, your are Ram right he's a pirate. Yeah. But you could make the argument that Captain Mal almost seems cursed in the amount of things that go wrong to him. Yeah? We know this as an audience viewer of TV and that they have to have weekly conflict for him to overcome. Well, for sure, for sure, for sure. But if you were to actually sit side by side with Captain Mal, you would say his life is very accident-prone and things go wrong a lot for
0: Captain Mal. Yeah, but they always turn out in True. the end. And, I mean... It got canceled before we got to see, you know, exactly what went on. Yeah, yeah. But I think everything turns out in the end for him. Yes, he is a little bit um, put upon, you know, just everything's just like, why is everything happening? Yes, I agree. But man, I just just thinking of like Malcolm Reynolds even works in Pirate Times. That name. Mm -hmm. Captain Malcolm Reynolds. And just Captain Mal. Nathan Fillion dressed up in pirate gear. I'm pretty sure he did an episode of Castle where he, oh. he might have had like a Halloween episode where he was a pirate. Right. And I mean, he even said once in in the movie Serenity, he said, if the wind blows northerly, I go north. So he's talking about wind blowing. And that's what ships ships take the wind.
1: That's it. That sounds like a man meant for a life at sea. So,
0: yes. And the, the just the way that serenity and firefly was made the the way that the yes it's like a space western but also there is that whole ship seafaring spacefaring aspect to it it's the great wide open so, you yeah. never know who you're going to encounter or what you're going to so, encounter and they talk about into the black into the blue <laughs> i mean all this stuff is translatable um, You can't take the sea from me. Yes. Oh, wait, no. You can't take the sea from me. <laughs> I just, the, this is just who pops into my head when I think of a captain. And I mean, he doesn't have anything particularly, his backstory is like, Ranch handy, cowboy, Red Dead Redemption type backstory stuff.
1: Oh, but you get to learn about him through his actions. He oh, he yeah. helps the he helps the people in need. Yes, he's a ride or die for the people in his crew. Exactly, loyal to a fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, risk taking and up to any challenge mm-hmm. if it means that he
0: he get he comes out on top with his friends. Yes, yeah, and but in but he has that. That edge, that... Because I even thought about another captain, Captain Han Solo, who who he is an evolution... Malcolm Reynolds is an evolution of Han Solo. But Han Solo is is as grumpy as Harrison Ford likes to be about it. Han Solo is a much um, sweeter, cleaner character than Malcolm Reynolds is, in my mind. Graphic exterior. Yeah, Yeah. it's just a graphic exterior. Um, But, you know, Malcolm Reynolds, he'll, like everything is said in that episode where he kicks that guy into the engine. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just like, all right, this guy will, he'll, he'll take somebody out if you're not on his side. Yes. And that's what you want in a pirate. You know, you want utmost loyalty to your crew, but at the same time, if you're an enemy you and you're in my way, you're done for. <laughs> and that's what you want in a pirate. Absolutely. Um, but like you said, he has that, the thing that captain Morgan does, doesn't have. and, the, the thing of, like, there's no history of him, you know, torturing or yes. pillaging or plundering. Nope. Like, ultimately, he is a chaotic, neutral character. And to me, that's what you're looking for in a pirate.
1: Yeah, the most real backstory we get is that he he was a soldier in a war and he was against the war. Right. So you get that sort of rebel mindset and yeah. they're like... He is a rebel. I want to help the people that have it's not disenfranchised but like that the the people that were displaced by the war like he's right. that type of looking out for that type of guy mm-hmm. rather than the people that are making the war decision.
0: and he's a guy who's never he's never going to take a letter of mark <laughs> cuz he just has a personal vendetta against spain or whoever he's fighting would be fighting against in this world just means you're going to have to charm him to be your captain i would think it would be uh, spain spain at the time of the age of pirates is like the uh, alliance, basically. Yes, I get it. It's the big bad with the big ships and all the money and all the power. That was Spain. So yeah, I'm taking Malcolm Reynolds. I'm not going to apologize for it. <laughs> I know he's a space captain, but I think he would make it. I just want. I'm doing a Mikey. I just want Nathan Fillion as the captain of my ship.
1: You're you're, you're doing a fan service to one of your one of your captain heroes. You're officially picking him now.
0: Yes, I'm officially picking him now, and I just love the fact that he has said Nathan Fillion has said, "If you see him and you're a fan of Firefly Serenity, you just nod to him and go Captain, <laughs> and he'll know what you mean." I believe it. You don't have to fanboy out or anything. <laughs> Technically, he is fanboying out.
1: Well, I know as I, we mentioned on Nerd Alert that Zach Levi wants Nathan Fillion to make a Green Lantern Shazam movie with him, yes, which I'm all I for. That. But uh, Nathan Fillion in a pirate show, I mean, uh, our flag means death was great. Yeah. Um, But I think you could get, like, a drama pirate show. And Nathan Fillion, because, like, Firefly is sci-fi, yes, but there are some heavy drama moments mm-hmm. in there, and that's where Nathan Fillion, I think, shines, because mm-hmm. he he's affable when you look at him. He's got that crooked smile yeah, yeah, yeah. and the floppy hair. You're like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I get what you're about. Yeah. But then he gets the dramatic moments, and you're like, oh, you're a real character. Yeah. I think if you could maybe do that with an actual like pirate, like, Ship captain would be fascinating. Exactly.
0: And that's kind of part of what we do here when we choose. Sometimes it's not just the best, it's who we would like to see in that role. Yes. And that's who I would like to see in this role as captain of the Constitution with a bunch of crazy pirates that I'll pick <laughs> Mal in the
1: Ironsides. Yes. I like it. Yeah. Ching Shi in the Black Pearl. Yes. Yeah. fun. Although I think I'm renaming my ship because we're talking about names here. And that's, mm. that's half the fun. And I've got some some fun brainstorm names. Yeah. But. And I'm,
0: I'm going to have to wrestle. He's going to go, it's called Serenity. my Goream ship.
1: It's my Goream ship. <laughs> my go-ram ship. Uh, and then just for clarification, because this bugged me. So if this bugged anybody else, you're welcome. Uh, the uh-huh. pirate voice we were discussing in our boat oh, yeah, episode. Yeah. yeah. We mistakenly assumed Lancaster because the oh, ship yeah. was built there. Yeah. Uh, Robert Lee Newton, who was okay. in Treasure I- right. Treasure Island, uh, was from Devon. So the pirate accent actually is a Devon accent. Okay, just for clarification,
0: wherever that is. Oh, it's in England, but it's, it's, it's <laughs> no. I know it's in England, yeah. but I don't. Uh, it's it's funny when because I was reading, they were talking about where Captain Morgan was in Wales, uh-huh. and they put it like I should know.
1: Oh yeah, they're That's on the James
0: like, on Thames. You know that place. Yeah, I was like it? I was like I don't know what you're talking about. It said like he was from a small town called this, what is now this, and I'm like I don't know what any of that means. You act like I should know what it means. But now you can be like, "Yeah, me boy. Me grandfather was from Devon." <laughs> <laughs> and sound accurate. Devon. Is it a sea town? Yes. Okay. It it, it is a coastal town. Okay. will well. A lot of England's an island, <laughs> so a lot of towns are coastal towns. It's true. They have the, the. I saw that there. There is a, a town called like something on sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, funny.
1: It, 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 the, the British love their little like yeah. appropriate
0: nomenclature. <laughs> yeah. All right, those are our picks for our pirate captain. Yar. Scott's shooting me daggers. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know who we picked we want to know who you'd pick Is do you think Mikey's awesome historical pick that I knew nothing about and you might not have too is great let us know yeah. Um. if you have a historical pick tell us uh, do you think I'm crazy in picking a space captain for my ship I don't know what if he can't swim so, <laughs> actually a lot of people couldn't swim back then um, uh, <laughs> apparently Captain Morgan could though, because he got blown out of the back of the ship and landed you're, you're, in the water.
1: Well, you were saying he was fit and a fancy boy. So yeah. yeah, he's good. He's got the athletic build.
0: <laughs> he's not drinking rum all day. We know that much. Uh, actually, at the end of his life, oh, he no. did. Yeah. <laughs> apparently he got really fat from drinking all the rum from his plantation. So appropriate that.
1: The mascot makes sense yeah, now. Yeah, it
0: makes sense. So um. Confused. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hit us up on all our social medias at assuming pod that's facebook that's instagram that's X twitter threadsers yep you can also send us a gmail assume at gmail dot com mikey how should they format the gmail this time
1: last week was easy because it was speak like a pirate yeah
0: This will be an easy follow-up. Pirates
1: always have parrots, so just type it like a parrot. Oh, okay. Yeah, just type squawk every six words. Squawk! You guys are so squawk-numb!
0: I don't know. And the thing is, I don't know if parrots really do that or all the stories that people talk about parrots like saying stuff in a house and the police being called. I would, I would, I would stand
1: up for Team Parrot. They are like we were saying about whales earlier. Parrots are smarter than we give them credit yeah. for, and are
0: very good at mimicry. So I don't think they, I don't, but I don't think they do that squawk because that would give it away. If it's like it was like, help me, help me, please, squawk, and you know, be like, oh, that's the parrot. But no, but people call the cops. So. Yeah, we'll have to look up a ratio of squawking to words. Yeah.
1: That'll be our clarification.
0: <laughs> I think it's just something people do to be like, I'm doing parrot voice now.
1: <laughs> Instead of just talking uh, normally. <laughs>
0: um, if you guys like what we do here and want to help us out, um, podcasting ain't free and we could use some pieces of eight from you. Ya, Yarr. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash assuming pod. Slide us a buck or an ear. No, just a buck. <laughs> Oh, man. Thanks for listening. Uh, (laughs) uh, We love you guys so much. You're the best positrons that ever were. Uh, We also want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing our announcing Not Scott Productions for equipment and jazz, our free music. We hope you guys have a great rest of the week on the seven seas.
1: Yar, may your voyage be safe and fun. Don't poke an eye out.